Hey, it's Erica. I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to Global News What Happened To ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Ten years ago, when it first launched to a limited audience, it was supposed to be a revolutionary new computing platform. This technology was created to sit right on top of the nose, as the headset offered display and built-in camera allowing users to see information and capture images in their environment. It's something out of a sci-fi movie, and while some tech enthusiasts took to it, it was so widely mocked that the term glasshole was sometimes used to describe it to people who wore it. I'm Erica Vella. And this is Global News What Happened to Google Glass. For those who may have not heard of it or seen it, Google Glass looks like a pair of safety glasses. Launched in 2013, they included voice and motion-controlled Android technology that showed up in your field of vision. I remember hearing about them, but I've definitely never actually seen the product in person. So I turned to Quinn Myers, a Chicago-based technology journalist. I remember like exactly where I was when I learned about Google Glass. I was uh, working in a startup in the founder's basement, just a windowless basement, you know, just like grinding out, uh, just you know, media job, and and this video started going around on Twitter that showed people wearing this like augmented reality glasses, which I didn't even know was a thing at the time. It's a POV video. In it, a guy gets up in the morning, puts on his glass, and goes about his day running errands, meeting up with friends. He does all of this through the lens of Google Glass. In the field of vision, notifications show up, text messages, reminders, and even directions. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Everyone online was going nuts about it. Like, it was it was so exciting. I was like, wow, okay, like, the future is now. Here we go. And uh, it just had a real impact on me. Google Glass had a lot of buzz. So, yeah, they, they looked like glasses, kind of uh, much clunkier and heavy glasses. Uh, they had, like, thick glasses, arms, and then they would come up front. There was a bar right over your eyebrows, and then... Uh, um, a lens over your right eye. And then in front of the lens, there's a little square, which was the projector. And that was the computer that would project onto the screen in front of your eye. This was a huge sticking point for Google because they wanted glass to be very seamless. They, they, They wanted people to wear these all day. According to one of the developers behind Google Glass, the purpose was to have a future where people only rely on one screen. They don't have a laptop. They don't have a phone. They have a screen overlay in their field of vision, which is augmented reality. Um, Augmented reality is basically a mixing of like the digital world with the physical world. Um, So with augmented reality, you know, it's very much in our normal day right now. Um, You could hold up your phone and Amazon will like put uh, like a coffee table in front of you. And that's like augmented reality. Um, With glass, you could do that. 
potentially show directions to where you're going. You would see emails, you could read articles, you could uh, watch YouTube, all in your field of vision uh, without having to look down at your phone or dial it up on your computer. You could just kind of say, hey, Google, show me Twitter. And Twitter would pop up like just, you know, as you're staring out into space or talking to someone or doing whatever. Um, so that is basically augmented reality and, and the idea behind glass. Before long, celebrities were wearing them in photos. Kelly Osborne, King Charles even. But probably like me, you never saw them in real life. And that's because Quinn said glass was initially only available to a small group of people. They shipped them out to a bunch of like Google software developers and stuff. But in a sense, as close as they got to a commercial release was giving them out to all these people who did the hashtag contest. So if you won the hashtag contest, technically you won the chance to purchase a pair of Google Glass for $1,500. You also had to fly yourself out to New York or San Francisco for training because no one knew how to work these things. So you would have to go to Google's lab. They would show you like, okay, here's how you like wear Google Glass and navigate the world with them. The reception was exciting at first. Glass explorers, as they called them, these the first um, 10,000 chosen few to receive glass were called glass explorers. They would say like, we, I would walk around New York and people would come up to me and excitedly ask like, what are these? These are so cool. Like, oh my God, are, like, can you see like your text messages and stuff? Very excited, like this is the future type of scenario. But then quick, things quickly turned because it became apparent that the reality of the technology that was released to these 10,000 people was not what was kind of marketed in the months leading up to it. Um, it couldn't do half the stuff it kind of promised it could do. And that's because Google released these as a beta product. Technically, they, these were a beta product. If you didn't tweet the hashtag, if I had glass and won, you were out of luck, unless you were one of the lucky few like Matt Honan, who worked at Wired at the time. He's now the editor in chief for the MIT Technology Review. I was one of Wired's gadget reporters. And so we are just supposed to be really well versed on on everything. And, you know, this was this was an area that was, you know, that I covered. I covered a lot of stuff in cell phones. I covered a lot of stuff around around Google. This is squarely in, in, in you know, something that I needed to, co to be covering and, and frankly, you know, was uh, felt behind on because other people had, had stories out there already. He remembers that day. He started up his computer and saw an article on The Verge magazine. They had a big story on it, and I was at Wired at the time, and we hadn't gotten our hands on it yet. And uh, I remember sitting there with my editor, Mike Calore, where it's like, oh my God, not only have they seen it, but they've got this full built out thing on it. And, you know, from when you see a demo on stage, when you see somebody at a company showing one off, I, to me, I'm always a little bit more skeptical of that kind of thing than I am, you know, when you see uh, just, just a regular person or, or, or you know, another reporter, um, you know, in this case, using something. And, and there was a story uh, in The Verge where they, where they had really put its paces and it seemed very, very cool. And I was intrigued and also professionally jealous. And Mike and I went out and tried to, tried to figure out how we could make sure that we, that, that we had some uh, there at Wired. Matt wasn't part of the Google Glass Explorers program, but he got a pair to try out anyway. I was definitely, you know, in the very first wave of people wearing them because initially, you know, the, like there were the, the glass explorers who had applied for them and a handful of media people. And that was it. And, and they, they added more and more of those, of those explorers over time. But, um, you know, I, I remember it was one of those things that, that felt very, um, 
that just felt very novel. Like I, like when I was wearing it, I hadn't seen anyone else wearing it who wasn't employed by Google. His job was to test them out and endeavored to wear them for a year to see what life was like wearing this new and up-and-coming technology. And people were very curious about it. You know, people were, were, were really curious about it. It reminded me of the iPhone. Like when I, when I got an iPhone, I got an iPhone the day the iPhone went on sale. And I remember people being, you know, super curious and coming and asking me questions about it. But it was a different kind of curiosity. Like it was a different kind of curiosity with glass. Like with, with the iPhone, people would come up and just be like, oh, wow, can I play with it? Can I, you know, can I look something up? And, and they would almost always go away and be like, oh, man, I want to get one of those. With glass, it was more like, can I try that? And they would spend a couple minutes with it and they would hand it back and they'd be like, ah, I'm not really so sure about this. He felt like a character out of Star Trek. I really remember feeling like I look like a robot wearing this thing. I look like, you know, Jordy or something. And I was, I was honestly struck by its usefulness. And I, was, I really thought that the way that what they were attempting to do and what they were attempting to do was to, was to help you, you know, sort of have all of these notifications and navigational features and things like that, that you, that you want, or that you might use your phone for, but also sort of ground you more in the real world. And I think, I think that's still what, you know, what a lot of wearable makers are doing. They were very early to it and, and it was sort of successful, right? Like it was, you know, I mean, I, I actually thought the software was quite good. Like some of the stuff that they were doing um, around, you know, I think it was called Google now at the time, but it was just, you know, smart notifications, predictive stuff. It was really novel and interesting and cool. But what did it feel like to wear them? It was a white band that went around your, you know, your temples with a small, you know, crystal glass cube over one eye, sort of over one eye. And you had to look up and, you know, up into the corner of your eye kind of to see the cube. And it was really obvious when someone is looking up at the corner of their eye. And there were even things that you could do, like to take pictures and things like that. Uh, by by blinking, I, I'm trying to remember. So there's there, there's there's some very basic gesture types of things. It's been ten years or whatever since I've used this, and all that stuff was really neat, right? It was neat, but the way, but it just it just looked so strange, and it was. Uh, I, I think of the, you know, because it was so strange looking. There's 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 an attempt by Google to like ground you in the world, but it was also very off putting. I think to other people. I don't recall having a negative physical experience with it. I do remember it getting warm uh, sometimes, but I don't remember it ever being like, you know, scary or or in any way. You know, I, I didn't ever, I didn't necessarily ever think it was going to explode on my face, but it was, uh, it was fine. I think, you know, I mean, it was fine. Like, like I didn't, I didn't mind the the physical sensation of wearing it at all. Uh, what I minded physically, I, I think, was just was the way that you would sort of look into the into the glass. Like it never really felt uh, like something that was just floating over your vision in the way that you might imagine the future to be. Matt wore the specs for over a year. I definitely wouldn't wear them into places like the bathroom or anywhere else where it would be inappropriate to have a camera, right? Like that's, I mean, it was it was very much a common sense kind of thing to me. But I also wouldn't wear them. I wouldn't wear them in some settings. I think it was a $1,500 device. And, you know, so I mean, so it's sort of like, I wouldn't like necessarily wear them in, or, or in places where I thought that something might happen to that $1,500 device that I wouldn't want to have happen to it. You know, I did wear it in places that maybe weren't the smartest. Like I would wear it when I was commuting on my bike to work. I wore it in a restaurant. I wore it, you know, uh, sort of around town. I would wear it, you know, in, in, in places where 
to some extent, I wanted to see how other people would react to me wearing it. And what I, what I found I, I was that, you know, as, as I was, I think I was saying this earlier, there's like this mix of curiosity and repulsion at it. This made me pause for a moment. Matt said Google Glass was generating a lot of buzz, but it was also causing some friction. At that moment in San Francisco, where I live, the city was really changing and there was a lot of other, you know, stuff happening around the, the tech industry. And this was when, you know, like the beginning of, the, of what, you know, I think we now call the tech lash was happening and, you know, people have been protesting the Google buses and there was a lot of resentment or growing resentment. That was when it was really getting underway about the effect that the big tech companies were having on the city. It's not the same place it is today. And it was, it was a very, um, you know, it was very much a way to sort of say, okay, that person's wearing glass. They, they, they got to be some tech bro asshole. And so I found that like in certain situations when I would be wearing it, you know, and you'd see people staring at you and you would, you know, you kind of feel that feeling of like, they're not staring at me because they're curious. They're staring at me because they're trying to make me uncomfortable. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big tech and Silicon Valley were changing San Francisco. Rising home costs and skyrocketing rent pushed a lot of locals out of the city. Experts say to a lot of people, Glass inadvertently represented the tech industry, and its $1,500 price tag created more division. It was seen as a luxury good, only exclusive to celebrities and people in the tech industry. There was definitely a shift towards the blatant negativity, and I think that that was probably about a year or so after they had first been introduced. Um, there was a... Uh, there was one incident that I remember where a reporter for TechCrunch had someone, I, th I believe, punch him and take his uh, take his Google Glass. There was a story in the New York Times that I recall that I think I may have been a photo of me in that basically was talking about sort of the the, the negative social consequences of them. And there was, you know, it went from it went, but it, but it happened pretty quickly too. You know, like like it, it was. It seemed like almost as soon as you started seeing seeing them around certain parts of the city, there was this backlash to them. A woman was at a bar in San Fran when a man allegedly ripped the specks off her face. Some establishments went so far to ban them altogether, like the Seattle Bar Five Point Cafe. Caesars Palace in Vegas said guests wouldn't be allowed to gamble if they were wearing them. 
And while Matt was never physically assaulted while wearing the glasses, he does recall one incident in particular. I took my kids to the zoo and we were at the playground at the zoo and I was standing in line to get, you know, whatever hot dog, popcorn, something at the, at the refreshment stand right by the playground. And I heard another, I presume parent, certainly adult at the zoo standing near me uh, and did like a, basically a stage whisper, you know, like a whisper, but a designed to be heard whisper that said, look at that asshole, you know? And I was just like, Ugh. you know, I'm, 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 I'm wearing it for work, pal. You know, I, I hear you. I'm wearing it for work. Um, I didn't say anything to him. And then, you know, and then like, as I was saying earlier, you know, I'd wear at the office and people would come up and say something to me about it. And I think when you, I think in those settings, you know, because th- those are the settings where people felt the most comfortable around me. You know, these are, these are my colleagues, my coworkers, my friends, you know, they would, they would not hesitate to be like, dude, get that off your face. You know, I'm not going to talk to you with that on your face. I mean, people actually said that to me. Like I, I did hear that numerous times at various points. I'm not going to talk to you with that on your face. People wouldn't take you seriously. Eventually that kind of snowballs into like internet memes being that only white men wear Google Glass. So a Tumblr starts called white men wearing Google Glass. Um, there are, like, uh, are just like infinite amounts of pictures of white men wearing Google Glass. So obviously there's some truth to it. Uh, and then a silly little portmanteau forms called glass holes which is, uh, you know, Google Glass and asshole. Um, Sebastian Thrun said that they didn't see Glasshole coming. Uh, and that was like a major, major mistake because uh, it just so perfectly brought together the idea that these people are assholes and associated them with Google Glass. Tech journalist Quinn Myers says there are three reasons why Google Glass failed. First was that the technology just wasn't what they promised it would be. It just it just didn't work as well. So even when um, Glass Explorers, who were very passionate about it, wanted this technology to work, um, wore it, they kind of realized like, oh, this is it's just not what I, like, why did I pay so much money for this? You know, the technology itself just wasn't up to snuff. Quinn says this was a problem because Google Glass was really a beta product that needed refining, but it was being marketed as an exclusive high-end item. When the price came out for it as $1,500, People broke down the technology and said it should cost like around the same as an iPhone, like 700, 800 bucks, a lot of money. But, you know, if you want people to replace their phones with this, like that's what you should price it as, not like an exorbitant amount of money, um, just so that it appears to be like a luxury item that like you kind of want because celebrities and athletes are wearing it. In the meantime, people know the technology isn't great and it's like a crappy product. Um, that's just overpriced. Quinn says the final nail in the coffin centered around privacy concerns. Because just as Google Glass was being unveiled in 2013, the prison scandal broke. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PRISM was a once top secret program, and leaks suggested the National Security Agency could track the activity of foreign nationals overseas who use services from companies such as Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and Apple. The NSA and the like American government was had a backdoor into like people's technology, could spy on on uh, like Google's users and Facebook and everything like that. That rightfully freaked a lot of people out. They started to question, like, well, how much of my user data is not protected on Google, on Facebook, on Twitter? People started to trust Google a lot less than they did. The same goes for the public innovation of privacy. People didn't know, uh, like, if other people wearing glass were recording them. They didn't like that. It, it upset the sort of, like, natural the like natural social order, I guess, like, where, where you're just kind of existing and you could trust that, like, someone doesn't have their phone out and recording you. Matt Honan says from his perspective, hostility towards the product was its ultimate demise. You know, there were other things about it. You know, it was a, the, the screen wasn't, the, the little cube, not really even a screen, wasn't in color. It could be hard to see. You had to adjust it. There were, there were like all these weird syncing issues, all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, that could be worked out, right? There's no software for it or hardly any software for it. All that stuff can, can get worked out. I think that, the way that it was rolled out and then became it perceived as such a marker of elitism, it never was going to be able to, to get past that. After 2013, Google backed away from the once innovative spectacles. By 2015, the company announced it would stop selling them until they could be more affordable and polished. That same year, Astro Teller, CEO of X, formerly known as Google X, spoke about Glass's failure at South by Southwest. He said, quote, We encouraged too much attention for the program. We wanted to say to the world, this is an early prototype that we think is really exciting, but we also did things to encourage people to think of this as a finished product, unquote. Quinn said Google released a software update for Glass in 2019 that effectively took it offline. It couldn't connect to any servers back at Google. It couldn't connect to the internet, essentially. So it was just a offline camera for your head that kind of worked. Um, but yeah, like they, they kept it, they kept at least a couple servers running. While Glass appeared offline, I was surprised to learn the product was still being used until recently. Quinn said it was reimagined. So when Google Glass kind of faded from the commercial public sphere, they uh, kind of realigned their resources to fully go into uh, Google Glass, which is Enterprise Edition. Uh, this is like the Enterprise Edition is their glass that's made specifically for people in, in different industries. Um, it it started. It, it was very helpful, uh, and it and they continued to fine tune the technology as like more people found it useful. It's a much more focused goal than. Replace all, replace all screens for all of humanity, uh, but it, it's worked and it's continued to be successful. And 
Google has just continued to kind of quietly chug away at, at refining the technology. It's a lot faster. It's a lot lighter um, than, than the first Google Glass edition was. And uh, it's still around. And as of, I think, 2019 or 2020, uh, members of the public could buy the Glass Enterprise version. Uh, you know, it won't have Twitter and a lot of all the fun stuff, but you could still wear it and connect to uh, the Internet. Google Glass was still out there at least until March 15th, when Google Glass Enterprise announced the end. In a statement, the company said it would continue supporting Glass Enterprise Edition until September 15th, 2023. It's been 10 years since the release of Google Glass, and since then, there have been other smart glasses attempts. Ray-Ban partnered with Meta and created Ray-Ban Stories, smart glasses that take photos and videos and even play music. The glasses look almost exactly like the classic Ray-Ban, and they're significantly cheaper, selling on average at around $400. 2023 is a different world than it was in 2012. But as far as like something like Google Glass coming out uh, now, I think that the media, media ecosystem is very, very different and much more reliant on tech giants to kind of exist, which is to say, I think there would be less pushback and there is less pushback when companies come out with tech that could be invasive. Think, for example, the increase in smart speakers across households in North America. Glass was a is just such a fascinating touch point for the intersection of like online, the online world and the offline world. Um, you know, people talk a lot about now like how you present yourself in the real world versus how you present yourself online how those two, you know, with TikTok and everything, how those two selves kind of intermix and how, you know, going forward, especially now, like with the, we've got like the metaverse and virtual reality and everything, it's just becoming more and more and more of a pressing question. So when I thought of Google Glass, like this was a major point of, of like those two forces meeting and, and people having to like, truly contend with the idea that like I am allowing my digital self my Twitter my email to invade like literally invade my offline world like I will go for walks now and I will have the internet overlaid in my real world so people really had to contend with that and this was 10 years ago and the public like wholly rejected it like just full out said we don't want this. It's a bad idea. Quinn said, for some, this wearable technology is still a point of contention. I still think that people want a disconnect. People still want to disconnect, basically. The thing that I like about my phone is that I can, if I want to like stop doom scrolling, I can just put it in my pocket or I can just like leave it in my apartment and go for a walk. Uh, with augmented reality, in any form, whether it's like contacts or glasses that you wear, um, that's not the case. Like you are allowing uh, like the digital world and technology one step further into your personal like life. And I think people will continue to protect that like very, very um, sacred and like individual right to just disconnect from the internet, disconnect from like the digital world. Matt Honan wore them for over a year and he agrees. You know, I mean, I think I ultimately came around to the idea that the entire premise is sort of failed. 
the uh, you know I know that Apple is about to roll out their AR glasses, and I understand that there's that like we are inevitably moving towards a world where we're just more and more connected. And, but I don't necessarily think that that's a great idea. You know, and I used to think that the way to uh, make these devices better was by making them less noticeable. But I almost feel like it's better to be aware of them. It's better to be conscious of what these things that we carry around with us and let you know let affect us all the time are doing. And I think that by making them more invisible, sometimes we um, we have the opposite effect that we intend, which is we just become more enmeshed in this digital world versus the physical one that we've lived in for you know many, many hundreds of thousands of years, you know, uh, in ways that make us some ways less human. Global News What Happened To is written and produced by me, Erica Vello, with producer Dila Velazquez. Our audio producers are Rosalind Kafour and Rob Johnson. Also, a special thanks goes to Drew Hasselbeck, supervising national online journalist for Global News. Let us know what you thought of this episode and please share it with a friend. It will help us grow the show and bring you more incredible stories. You can also help us out by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also reach out to me personally. We are always looking for stories, so if there's a new story you want us to revisit, you can reach me on Twitter at Erica Vella or email me at erica.vella at globalnews.ca. We'll see you next time. <laughs>